0: Hi podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of The Candid Fitness. Today I had a chat with Sagar Jain, who is a Capoeira instructor based out of Pune. For those of you who haven't heard of Capoeira before, it's a Brazilian martial arts, which is quite different from other martial art forms in the sense that it combines elements of dance, acrobatics, and music together, and emphasizes on flowing movements rather than fixed dances. Sagar has been practicing and teaching Capoeira for almost 10 years now, and quite impressively, He represented India at the World Kapura Federation in 2018. In this episode, he shares his journey of learning and growing up as a Kapura instructor, the ups and downs, the challenges, and some of his very special moments. His journey has been nothing short of inspirational, and I've had a great time recording this episode. So come join us and enjoy this candid conversation. Welcome back everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is The Candid Fitness, I'm Abhimanyu Bhargav and joining us today is Sagar Jain, also known as Instructor Ahip yado I hope I pronounced it correctly. Thank you. It's a so, pleasure to be here Abhimanyu. So uh, how do you explain Kapoora to a 10-year-old?
1: Uh, basically, to a 10-year-old kapura is just a playground. You can right. come in there, you, can, you get to train martial arts, which is self-defense. Everyone likes it because of the Bollywood movies. You give them an example of Tiger Shroff, and they'll be like, yes, 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 I want to do all those cool stunts. Then you tell them you can dance, like Hrithik Roshan probably. And they'll be like, oh yes, I want to dance as well. Mm-hmm. The acrobatics come in place, which every child and adult always dreamt of doing them. Basic handstands, cartwheels, headstands. So it all drives them into their motion right away. And to top it off, they have music which has a lot of energy in itself. So yeah.
0: <laughs> and how did you end up getting into Capoeira? Because you told me earlier that you started off almost a decade back, which is really yes. far back. And uh, in those days, social media was not that widespread. So getting information was not as easy as it is now. And something like Capoeira, which is not so famous even now, especially in India. How did you end up learning capoeira and then eventually started teaching it?
1: Oh, well, uh, I believe it was pure destiny. It was just luck. When I got into capoeira, I did not even know such a sport existed. I could not even pronounce it. I had <laughs> seen it once on TV long ago, but I didn't remember. Just before capoeira, I was training for kickboxing and mixed martial arts where i ended up dislocating my shoulder and my parents refused to pay for my surgery saying that if he gets all right he's going to go back into the ring into the ring and fight and my parents were against it so i was like okay fine i'm not going for it because i can't go with a broken hand and my elder brother he went looking for a dance class which was happening on the first floor and luckily at that point there was capoeira happening at the basement and he saw it and he's like hey i know the sport and he went he spoke with the teacher and he's like can i come can i join i will be really interested in learning and she's like yes please join in he spoke to her he went to the dance teacher whom he was supposed to go and meet and it was very weird because He was supposed to go learn dance, but the teacher said, you'll have to wait for two months. We have a dance show coming up, so we can't take new enrollments. So he's like, okay, I'm keeping dance aside. I'm going to join capoeira. He came back to me, and me and my brother have like a generation gap. We wouldn't be speaking much at that point. So he came and he told me, I'm going for capoeira. It's about this, this, this. All I heard in my head was martial arts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I want to go for it. And that's where the journey started. And for the first three months, I was like, what is this? For me, martial arts was all about fighting. It's yes, about exactly. breaking someone's nose. It's about going all in, punch hard. And I was like, wait, is this martial arts? That is how my journey began in koera back in 2011. Wow, that was
0: amazing coincidence, I would say. Yes. The, the interesting part that I got from here is that you were injured. And yes. you didn't want to do surgery. And then you joined Capoeira. So yes. what happened to your injury?
1: So basically the injury is still there, but it's a recurring dislocation. So each time if I make a mistake, uh there is always a danger of me popping my shoulder out again and then I have to push it back in. But the difference with capoeira is it's such a beautiful art. Even with particular injuries, you're there, you can still train. If you have a severe injury, you can still sit down, watch the class and train your music. If you can't even train your music, you can always learn the language. So there's something in and out. So back in those days, because my injury was very fresh, sometimes when I used to try going into a handstand, my hand used to slip and it used to dislocate. So for two weeks, I used to just go there, sit, try to learn music, learn songs, play the instrument. And I never felt out of that spot. So... That is how it kept me motivated to continue. And with time, the injuries become better because I've been strengthening it. I've been stretching and doing my physiotherapy on it. So it's helped. Well, that's amazing
0: how you've not completely recovered, but still recovered from the injury. And you're still yes. able to practice something that you really enjoy. How did you feel when when you initially were you had an injury and you weren't able to do a lot of things and then suddenly with capoeira there was this new realm of uh, things that you started doing and i've seen a lot of your videos where you do some sort of acrobatics like handstands and then then you just do a a bridge rotation and i mean it looks really fascinating Uh, how, how did it feel
1: well initially to be honest the first three months of my journey in capoeira i did not like it much Because I was really missing the ring and I was really missing the sparring sessions which I used to have in my previous training. I was back then, I was way younger as well. So I was really uh, aggressive in my nature. So if anyone said anything offensive which I didn't like, I just wanted to punch them and show them that the real power lied in the physical capabilities. But so slowly it was a good progression for me to learn that. Power is just not. Uh, you cannot always show power. Sometimes it's good to back down your ego and still be like, okay, if you wanted, you could, but you don't always have to use it. So it was a very interesting journey initially. And main reason why I stuck around with Capoeira as well is because, apart from the acrobatics and flow movements, we don't use our hands. We don't have a lot of punches and stuff. We don't need to use our hands for defenses, really. So I could train with a dislocated shoulder as well, which was not the case in kickboxing or mixed martial arts, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And initially, I used to trigger my dislocation very frequently because if I, like you said, if I'm trying my handstand, if I just slip my hand a little bit ahead, it pops out. When I'm trying the bridge rotation, if I push my hand in a particular angle, it used to pop out. So the initial period of my capoeira journey was very scary for my classmates because in the middle of the class, I used to start screaming and I used to be like, punch me, punch me. I'm like, it's okay, just punch it in. I'll be in pain for 10 minutes and then I'm back to normal. We continue training. Mm -hmm. But it used to freak them out. Wow
0: some of the things that you said uh, earlier before the punching game uh, yes <laughs> around <laughs> around patience and self-control that's that's something really powerful uh, i think uh, yes we all need to learn uh, energy conservation and how to control ourselves how to control our temper so it's amazing how you've been able to do that uh, while practicing capoeira how did your parents feel uh when you told them or when you uh, announce that you're going to be a Capoeira teacher and not someone who goes to office uh, (laughs) doing a a safe, uh, well-paid corporate job?
1: Oh, that struggle is still not over. Every now and then, my parents be like, okay, your passion is good, continue it, but when are you going to find a job for yourself? That is the question. They still, because we come down from an orthodox family, parents being old generation, they want to be like, this is good. This is your fun. This is something which you enjoy. But when are you going to start making a salary and a fixed salary more than anything? Because when you follow your passion, you're not sustainable at a at an early stage. Like at an early stage, and you're not constant. Like say, some months we hit a peak, and some months are really low. So it's always struggle. This month, I don't know how much am I going to earn. Next month is again going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. So. It's still a battle for my parents, but fortunately, because of my brother, he always pushed and gave that support to me, and he always gave my parents that confidence that he doesn't need to have a nine-to-six job Mm. to earn money. He's sustaining himself, he's happy, he's doing something which he enjoys, and you should just let him do it.
0: You've got a really amazing, supportive brother. I wish everybody had a brother like that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, all my batchmates, all my friends from Capoeira always keep saying, uh, speaking of that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Amazing. So, Ahi Piado, that nickname that you've got.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Tell me about that tradition in Capoeira. And also, why did you choose that name? Or was that name given to you?
1: Okay. So basically, if I speak about the tradition first, we go back to the 17th century. It's the time where slavery was present in Brazil. The Africans who were gone to Brazil were not allowed to train any form of martial arts and stuff. So for them, at one point, they discovered that if they disguise martial arts into dance, they can trick the law. And they did that for a while, but after that, they understood that okay, these guys aren't just dancing, but they're actually training themselves. So they banned this as well. So if anyone was caught training, capoeira, it was like okay, your sentence behind the bars. So what these guys started doing is they gave each other nicknames. So for example, my nickname is a hippie ado. If another capoeirista said, "Hey, a hippie ado, come let's go play capoeira," and say for for instance, someone. Hood, okay, a hippie adu is going to play capoeira. But if a cop came and checked my identity, it said Saga Jen and not a adu. And then the cops used to be like, okay, no, we're looking for a hippie adu. We're not looking for you. Big maestres who were able to disguise themselves with this and were able to escape the cops a few times. So it really worked at that time. Now, of course, capoeira is legal and no one's going to ask you for your identity and allowed to play, not allowed to play, but we just follow the tradition. Okay. So my master, Mr. Kashirs, he gave me the name Ahipiado back when I was in 2011 itself, when he came down to visit us for the first time in India. I was young. I was really like, oh yes, my friends have these names and even I want it. it sounds so cool and everything. Mm-hmm. and i was like messi no i want it now i want it now i want it now i was like a stubborn kid at that time as well mm-hmm. and then M S is like okay fine he just glances through me he looks at my hair. they were really short at that time with a spike cut and he used to gel it up with being a college student you can understand how it is so it was nice and pokey he touched my head and he's like "Ah, uh, okay a hippie uh, though <laughs> and i was like uh, how do you pronounce this? A uh, uh, hippie. Uh, uh, uh. It took me almost two weeks to three weeks to just learn my name by myself. Basically, a uh, hippie means goosebump. So, okay. like, say, during winters when your hair stands up because it's too cold. So, my hair was like that. Amazing. And that is how, yes. <laughs> so, basically, any particular quality which you like in your student, mm-hmm. you can pick that out and you can give them a name.
0: For okay. example,
1: uh, one of my students who's also a teacher now, Papagayo. And when she joined in, whatever I used to speak of, she used to imitate behind me. So I named her Papagayo, which means a parrot in Portuguese. Wow, okay. And <laughs> it's, yes. also,
0: it's also a way to have fun with your students and vice versa. Yes.
1: Yes. But it becomes your identity. For example, my master, he did not know what my real name is. Until he had to give me a certificate. Six years after me training under him.
0: Mm-hmm. After
1: six years when he finally needed to give me a certificate. Uh, he calls me up and he's like, Ahipi other, what's your name? What do I write on your certificate? If I write just Ahipi other, no one's going to believe it's yours. So it becomes an identity into the Capoeira world.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting tradition. And yes. <laughs> sounds fun as well. Great. So you went for World Capoeira Federation. You represented India in 2018. How was that experience? Yes.
1: Um, the experience was amazing. Yes, there were a lot of capoeiristas from all around the world. I would say that was the best place for me for me to go and witness really good capoeiristas in one place, which otherwise doesn't happen very frequently. There were more than 10 groups where the founders of the groups, the mestres, were supporting this event and this event happened in azerbaijan and fortunately me and another student of master kashirs we both decided that okay we will go represent our country so he came in from the uae i went in from india and we went in to participate the experience was incredible with the number, the beautiful games which we got to see to the music which was played the sportsmanship which I saw in capoeira was something which I had not seen in the previous sports. Mm-hmm. I have trained in karate, kickboxing. I was, I used to be a footballer during my school and college days. I used to play basketball. So I've been to quite a few tournaments. But this was the first tournament when we were playing. So in capoeira, we don't use the term fight at all. When we were playing a game between each other, it was for a position. Everyone had come in there to win. But the other participants from a group, the way they were cheering and pushing us to give in the best was incredible. I have not seen that anywhere. And I was really grateful that I'm into this sport and I could witness something like that.
0: That must have been quite an experience.
1: It is. And it was a beautiful push in the right way as well to see that how. When people speak about capoeira being a community art, how people actually believe in it. It's not just said, but people actually follow it. Yeah.
0: And what went in your mind when when you were preparing for it?
1: Honestly, to be speaking, I had kept a really high level for myself to prepare. But at the same time, I had to continue giving my classes every day because I needed money as well. I honestly did not prepare myself As per my expectations, because whenever I was about to train, uh, if I started training early in the morning, my classes wouldn't go good. And if I thought I'd train after my classes, then I used to be so exhausted that I used to be like, okay, no, now I just need to rest my body. But I got a really good amount of training before the event because a week before I went to visit my master in Abu Dhabi and I was training under him then. So, that one week of push, which I got from Mestre, was really good. And I believe that really helped me.
0: Okay, great. Share some of your experiences with your students. Uh, Do you remember your first class uh, that you took as an instructor?
1: Oh, yes. So, fortunately, I started teaching uh, capoeira at a very early stage. Back in 2013, when my teacher from Pune was traveling back in New York, uh, the classes were empty, and she was like, Would you like to cover up my classes while I'm not here? Mm -hmm. And in my head, it was two things. A lot of pressure. No, no, no. There was no pressure. I was young, right? So for me, it was like, okay, I have power. Whatever I tell all the oldies who are elder to me to do, they have to (laughs) follow. And the second thing was pocket money. So I was like, oh, yes, I get my pocket money. I can go spend wherever. I don't have to take money from parents. So I was really excited. and. Early on, I really enjoyed the classes, because it was just one random class here and there. And then later, when it was time for my teacher to leave for real, and I knew she's not coming back. And then it hit me. I was like, okay, yes, this is not just about pocket money. It's a lot of pressure. The experiences were wonderful. And I believe whatever happened then is what made me today. So. Initially, we were a nice group of 10 students. And then, after my teacher left, everyone started dropping out. And it was just left to me and another friend who helped me continue it. And he's like, It's okay. We don't have students. We just continue training. Six months, it was just him and me. And if he wouldn't be there, probably I wouldn't be training Capoeira anymore as well. So he just pushed. We trained, we trained, we trained. And fortunately, we saw a new studio opening up. We went there for inquiry. We started classes there and it was a hit. And that motivated us to continue classes again.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And that brings me to deep dive more into your journey mm-hmm. when you started as a teacher. Because again, given Kapura is so less known in the wider community, there will yes. be less demand as well. So how do you cope with that? And how did you cope with that in your initial days? And how do you cope with that now? Is it the same so- or is- it's
1: changed. It's very different from the previous time to the current time. Initially, because, say, back in 2014, 2015, when I started teaching full fledged and I quit everything else, it was a very tricky time because there were le- fewer classes which I was giving. I wasn't going to schools, I wasn't doing private classes, and it was just one or two batches, basically. So, with very few students again. So, at that time, it was very challenging because one was how do you spread it out to people how do you make them come and try for a single class which a sport which is so diverse after a single class how do you keep their attention and ask them convince them to come for one month and then make a call if they like it or no because one class honestly does not do justice to the sport not so at we all. started off yeah so we started off with say four students and then slowly i Gave them a few offers here and there. I told them, go get your friends, do this, do that. We just work with word of mouth.
0: Yeah, word of mouth is something that is, is really effective. It's slow paced. It takes a lot of time. Yes. But I think that leads to a lot more retention. And at the end of the day, it all boils down to the quality of uh, your teaching and how exactly. much value your students are seeing in your work.
1: Exactly. Yes. So fortunately. Then we built a group of seven, eight students, and I was extremely happy. Like, okay, yes, now we finally have a base. We can continue. And 2015 was the first time I hosted the event under my name. I called my master, which is a graduation ceremony for my students. So it was a very proud moment for me because I never thought I would become a Capoeira teacher and this would become my life. So they were, very, they were really good and happy moments but back then it was much easier because i didn't have to worry a lot about money mm-hmm. again thanks to my brother because he was funding and he was taking care of everything but in 2018 then my brother was like okay now you've grown quite old and you need to learn what responsibility is and then he was like okay you're going to take care of all these expenses you're going to do this 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 by yourself and i'm not going to help you and i was like fine okay now reality strikes in and it hits me hard as to Okay, if I make only, say, for example, 20,000, I can't survive because I have to, I have to pay those bills. I, have, I want to socialize, I want to go out for trips. A student of mine who works in the Akansha Foundation referred to one of the principals for capoeira as a club activity in the school. And the school leader was really happy and he was really up for it. And that's where I began with my school journey. Before that, again, I never thought about getting into schools and I was like, oh, I'm not sure how to teach kids and what to do. So it didn't help, but that school was really hit and they kept renewing my contract year after year. I taught that school for four years and this is the first year we had to take a break because of COVID. Right. So things went really well then. Each year, a few more schools used to come in, call me up and they used to be like, can you come teach in our school premises as well? So at this point, I was quite comfortable where I had to stop my marketing and there were other schools which were inviting me from their behalf. So things were going good, but crisis hit. And now again, next year, you go back to zero where you start marketing yourself.
0: And now you'll have to focus a lot more on online coaching rather than in-person coaching, which has its own challenges, especially for a martial art or sport like capoeira.
1: Yes. Fortunately, for my kids' batch, I have been able to attain 100% attendance and no child has left my class in the last three months. That's incredible. But when it it comes to the adults, I have fallen down to say just 20% because adults used to come more for the community aspect, for the socializing aspect and the fun which you have in training together. And when you're just training behind the screen where they can just see me and they were missing all the fun. And then they were like, um, we'll just go into body weight training. We'll switch to functional training for the time being. And when things start, we'll come back. But we don't know when things are going to become better, where we can go and start teaching in person. But it's again, a new learning, I would say. And definitely for me, it's been a lot of progress with The first few classes in the month of March to now, I've started understanding what online classes mean and how you go about it. I had to change my entire thought process of how I took a class. Mm -hmm. So it's helped me just improve and learn more as a person as well.
0: Tell me some of those changes that you went through from March Uh, until now.
1: So for a very simple instance, I'm a person who never planned my class. I used to enter inside my class, gauge the mood of all my students, and then give them movements to do so. And it was very simple because I could just see, okay, if a few people have had a very hectic day, a few people are very energetic, so I could change the entire movement right away. But I can't do that online. I don't know how long they've been present on the screen, if someone had been sleeping the entire day because they were binge watching in the night. So I was clueless and this is the first time where my students have seen me with a book and paper where I've noted down a few things which I want to do and I play around it, but they've never seen me so systematic with, okay, this guy has something ready and we're doing this in class today. So that's been the biggest change.
0: (laughs) You've become a lot more structured now. Yes. In the way you teach. Yes. And since last few years, there've been a lot of ups and downs and there've been a lot of challenges. And it, it seems like a very long journey, long, tedious journey. How do you yes. keep yourself driven and, and how do you keep yourself motivated to keep going and keep doing what you're doing?
1: So the first and foremost thing, which I do every year strictly for myself is take one month break, a 30 day long break every year without faith. And I travel back to the Himalayas and I go there and I just get my coolness from the Himalayas. Because if I don't take a break from capoeira, sometimes it happens that when you do something too much, you get tired and then you want to stop. So that's the first thing I do. Fortunately, capoeira, because I don't have a nine to six job, I have a lot more flexibility with, say, canceling a few classes or going on a trip at a very short notice. So when I feel really exhausted, I ask my other teachers, Tranquilo and Papagayo, to teach and I escape out for the weekend or something.
0: That's a great way to uh, to recover yourself and, and sort of de-stress. Where in Himalayas do you go usually?
1: I initially I used to go to say Manali, Kasol, Kheer Ganga, Dharamshala. Mostly I just want to explore the entire Himalayas. And then the last time I went to Nepal. Went for another hike. I've done a couple of mountaineering courses. So, mountaineering is a part of my passion as well. So, if I have a long break, I like to go hike up, trek to the Himalayas, go 14,000, 16,000 feet high, and just enjoy nature in real without people around.
0: Okay. So, Kapura is where you socialize and where you have a lot of people around and you get energy from people. And then you go to Himalayas and then de-stress in isolation, getting time for yourself. So do you ever find uh, cases where you're traveling and you end up talking to people about capoeira and then somebody says, oh, why don't you take a class for me?
1: You wouldn't believe. Last year I was traveling in Brazil and I had taken a break from capoeira between events and I told my master, okay, I'm just traveling. I've been training a lot of capoeira and I want some rest in between. And... I went and I was staying at this hostel, Lagarto da something. It's in mm-hmm. Portuguese and my Portuguese is still not very strong, so not very clever names. Mm-hmm. But I went to that place and that place was, again, very beautiful. It was a very strong community within the travelers which were coming there. So we stayed together. Everyone helped for dinner. We all, 15, 20 of us, sat on a long dinner table together. We ate and then we played games. And someone used to host a workshop every day. And one of the days the hostel owner came to me and he's like, hey, you you train capoeira and you teach back in your city. How about you take a capoeira workshop for everyone out here? And I was like, I'm in Brazil to learn capoeira and you want me to take a workshop? (laughs) I was like, "Uh, okay. And the most interesting part was whenever teacher comes down from Brazil, Usually, they speak in Portuguese and we have someone translating in English so we mm-hmm. all understand. But because my Portuguese is not very strong, I was giving the workshop in English and someone else was translating in Portuguese so everyone could understand. That's the other but, way around now. Yes. But it was a very beautiful experience, especially because, again, it was very spontaneous and it wasn't planned. And that one workshop will always stay close to me. And seems like the way you even conduct your classes,
0: spontaneity is something that you enjoy rather than having something yes. planned and structured. Do you travel also spontaneously? Like you go to a place and you don't have any plans and you just know which cities I'm going to go to and then I'll decide where to visit during that vacation
1: itself? Every time, every time. I don't like things structured. So basically what I'll do is I will just have my... Tickets bought in from to and fro. And it's just everything gets planned one after the other. Even the other, if I want to say cover South India, it's not going to be planned the route. Recently, I did a bike trip with another friend of mine for 3000 kilometers in seven days. We wow. just knew one spot which we wanted to reach to, but we didn't know all the details you're we going to take around that trip. So everything is spontaneous and we just feel like, uh, okay, I don't feel like going there. What are the other places? Okay, we're going there. And it was amazing because those are the experiences which I always count on. Yes.
0: Such trips are the best ones. I also often do trips where I know where I want to go but I'm not exactly sure and I don't want to plan where all I want to go around those places because I want it to be spontaneous. So a lot of times I used to go to cities and Stay in a hostel and then ask people there, what's the best yes. place to go and what what should I do?
1: And basically, if you like solo traveling, the best things to do is stay in a hostel because you meet so many people traveling from so many different countries and cities as well.
0: Yes, so it's exactly. a lot of different culture. Yes, there's a lot of cultural exchange. There's a lot of uh, different experiences that they've gone through and you get to yes. learn a lot. Uh, so I, I personally love that and it's so good to see that you also enjoy that.
1: Yes, yes. Hopefully someday we travel together up in the mountains.
0: For sure. I'm always up for that.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> this this could be a deep question, but have you had any uh, big failures or not failure exactly, but any learnings from your childhood days that have helped shape you as a person that you are now? I mean, I'd say childhood, right. I mean school days.
1: See, I'm not quite sure, because, like I already told you, I was very aggressive during my childhood all the way to my twenties uh when I was even nine and ten years old, there used to be a lot of my uh, there used to be a lot of friends and their parents coming up to my house and complaining to my parents of how I beat the kid up, and I actually don't know from where I had that aggressiveness in me or what used to trigger it. But when I was a child, when you're 10 years old, even if someone calls you a dog or a donkey, it's offensive. And I used to take that up in a very offensive way and I used to just go punch them. And I used to even bully, when I was 10 and 11, I used to also bully uh, folks who were 15 and 16 because Mm -hmm. I was that brave heart that, okay, if he hits me, I'm going to hit him back. So I did not mind getting hit. But... Failures and such, of course, I would have many. But the one failure which I can pick out, which I very strongly recommend, is when I've not put in my 100% hard work and I don't get my achievement, I've never felt bad about it. I've always understood that since I did not give my 100%, it's fine to fail into that particular aspect.
0: So you have that self-awareness that You were supposed to do 100, but you did only 80. So it's,
1: you're owning up
0: to that and you're saying it's your fault completely. Not fault, I would say, but it's your responsibility. My choice. And you are accountable for that and uh, you shouldn't blame anybody else for that.
1: Yes, like say for an example, which a lot of people are really embarrassed to speak about and failure, especially during a childhood, is your marks in your school days. In my ninth grade, when I did not clear and I did not move into my 10th grade. I got a year down. My parents were really surprised because I had no remorse and I did not feel guilty about it. The only thing which I told my parents was like, of course, when it was my exam time, I went down, I was playing football and basketball with my friends. I did not study, so how am I gonna clear it? And that was something which, from the failure I learned in those early days as to if you want to, Succeed, you have to put in your hundred percent. You cannot blame anyone or anything for that reason. Absolutely, and I think a lot of time we get into that victim
0: mentality. That why is this happening to me, or why I am the only one who's suffering? But we don't realize yes. that a lot of time it's because of the things that we've done already. We always have a choice, and maybe maybe exactly. not. We've not put in our hundred percent, and that but realization I is. Would... is It's something great. Uh, Not everybody gets that realization.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's why I've been always happy whenever I've not succeeded with anything. I've always looked up to saying that something is missing in which I did not work really hard. And that failure works as an inspiring motivation for me, which helps me push on and work harder or struggle more. And complete that if I really want it.
0: So did capoeira also help you grow as a person?
1: Yes, in many aspects. But the most important aspect was it really got me out of my own comfort zone. Being an athlete throughout my life, I was very happy with the martial arts aspect, the movement aspect and the acrobatic aspect. But when my teacher told me that I also have to play the instruments and sing, I was like, uh, "Excuse me, I can't do this," and sorry, I'm not okay. At one point, after a certain stage, I was like, "Okay, I will play the instruments, but please do not expect me to sing. I will play the instrument. Someone else is going to string. Uh, someone else is going to sing, but not me." And she's like, uh, uh, you don't get that option in Kapoor," and I was like, "Uh, okay, but." Somehow, I was able to escape and always find my way out till the time she was teaching me. And at the end, when she left and I had to start teaching, I was like, whom do I ask to sing? I looked at my left, looked at my right, and I was like, okay, I have to do this now. Mm-hmm. And I really started pushing myself. And till date, my students, they're also my friends. So sometimes they make fun out of me where they'd be like, have you heard yourself? Singing, and I was like, I don't care. Like, right now, initially, I was really embarrassed and be like, No, I can't sing well. I am not on the notes, nothing. And right now, it's got me so comfortable with singing where I am addressing to an audience of 50, 100, or even more, and I'm completely off tune, off notes, and I'm nicely shouting and singing and playing my instrument. I'm in a happy zone. So, Capoeira taught me where being out of your comfort zone and it's still nice. You should do it. So like say, for instance, public speaking, if you would be taking this interview 10 years earlier, I would have been like, sorry, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not my comfort zone. I will write down all the answers to you, give it out and be like, you can do whatever you want. I'm not speaking 101, but it helped me grow. Yes.
0: So you almost like built built your self-confidence and self-esteem throughout your journey uh, in each and every phase. So uh, tell me about your uh, Kapura community uh, within India.
1: So within India, there are very few groups currently. And so there are four of us who are very closely connected. There's one teacher in Goa, one teacher in Mumbai one teacher in Auroville, which is close to Pondicherry, and myself. So it's a strong community between the four of us. We are very good and close friends. We've known each other more or less for eight to nine years now since the start of my journey. And whenever we need support, we travel to each other's cities once in a while. We are present for each other's events as well. So it's a nice push and it's a healthy exchange between us.
0: Okay. And do you support each other in terms of training as well? Because that was my next question that you've been teaching Capura for a very long time. So how do you upskill yourself?
1: The most basic way of upskilling myself is I travel at least two times a year abroad. One trip is to my master in Abu Dhabi where I go and spend 7 to 10 days with him and I train. And what I try to do is visit one new country each year and go and spend some time to learn capoeira as mm-hmm. well as go and explore the country a little bit.
0: Great. And that makes sense. So you pretty much go back to your teacher every year and learn new things. Yes, like yes,
1: yes. So basically, there's an exchange of me going to my teacher once and he coming down once to Pune at least. So I meet him twice a year minimum. And apart from that, I try to go to one new country each year.
0: Great. I know you already told me that you love traveling, but if you were to have a bucket list, what would you put in Uh that?
1: Oh, it's a very (laughs) so far I would say on the top of my bucket list was Brazil. And successfully I completed that the last year. Apart from that now. I am really looking forward to traveling in Israel mm-hmm. in and the United States of America. But both these cities, both these countries, sorry, is more or less just for the capoeira aspect because they're rich with really good capoeiristas in that country and I would really love to go meet them and learn from them.
0: Okay, I think Israel is famous for Edo Portal. Yes, I've come across his work in last few years and that has just changed the mm-hmm. way I've been looking at movement. And he's, he's also someone who started his movement journey from capoeira. And that's how I also got that's to true. know about capoeira. And I think he's done a great job at promoting uh, or making people aware about capoeira all over the world.
1: That's true. A lot of people who enjoy animal flow are just movement-based, body-based. Uh, training have always looked up to Edo Portal. And that helps us because when they go and they explore about how Edo Portal started his journey, they learn about capoeira. So a lot of people have come to me where they've spoken to me about Edo Portal and then they'd be like, oh, yes, he used to train capoeira. He trained capoeira under a group called Kodauji Oro with Master Idan okay. from Israel. And that's where he began his journey. And Mr. Edan has been teaching Capoeira for more or less, I'm not very sure, but it's somewhere between 35 to 40 years. Mr. Edan has been teaching that art in Israel. And Edo Portal learned with him again, if I can be wrong with the numbers, but I think I believe it's somewhere between 10 years, plus or minus a little bit here and there. And then Edo Portal found He got driven more to the movements and to the animal flow, and he mixed everything together and made something unique, which, yes, which the world is loving now.
0: Movement culture. And I think he started off as a capoeira instructor. And that's true. He did did that for many, many years, and then he realized that there's more to movement than capoeira. And then, as you said, he combined a lot of different disciplines and came up with his own movement, culture that we know, all know now. I think that's a good way to wrap this up. Uh, it has been mm-hmm. a great conversation with you. For the listeners, if they want to get in touch with you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: So the easiest way is they can find us on www.capoeirapuna.com and or of course if you go to social networking we're there on Instagram as well. Our Instagram handle is capoeirapuna.india so you can find us there as well and the last one you can always go back to google and just write capoeirapuna and it will direct you to our website and it will give you my contact details as well. Okay perfect
0: thank you again instructor Ahepiado and <laughs> <Yes. Adajain. laughs> it, it took me a while to get used to that as well. It's 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 pretty hard to pronounce. Given that you t- took one week, uh, I'm good with uh, yes. at least a day or two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't find it offensive because a lot of us can't even pronounce Capoeira. And like I'm saying, even early when I started with Capoeira, I couldn't pronounce it either. Mm-hmm. So I understand what everyone else goes through because they are at a stage where I would say probably nine years ago. So that is why everything's all cool.
0: (laughs) All right. So it has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time out and joining me here. And for the listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you in the next episode.